I, I, whoa, yeah, hi. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Um, I, I don't know if you uh, noticed a different look on Jack's face this morning. Did he, yeah, yeah. Why, why, why are you clapping? Uh, Jack got engaged. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chelsea Wax, so congratulations to, um, to both of them on that. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think I'll put this up here too and um, move these beautiful flowers over a little bit. And, and um, oh, <laughs> not too much. Whoa, what do we have here? Okay. Won't touch that again. <laughs> I think we'll just put that there. <laughs> Title for today's sermon is Life Beyond Worry. But um, I had another title. I can't see you over here. <laughs> this is going really well. Uh, I, I had another title. I'll put it up there. Um, I believe in God, but I can still worry with the best of them. But I thought, it's probably too long. But it's true. So before I say anything, I want you to know that I need to hear what Jesus said and what I'm going to say today about what he said as much as anybody, because the truth is, if I let myself, I, it's true, I can worry with the best of them. And... So I'm very grateful that uh, Jesus included what we're going to see this morning in that famous sermon that he gave so many years ago because it's encouraged me and challenged me multiple times throughout my life. And doing this, it's given me many times of victory over worry as recently as yesterday morning. Uh, the death of our son, there are times for Becky and I where we wonder, how, how, how are we going to do it? You know, how, how are we going to live with this? And frankly, Friday was a, a pretty awful day for both of us. Um, and um, so I, you know, I woke up in the morning and I almost came to the office without having my time in God's word. And then I said, no, committed to doing that, and I did, and, and God just spoke to me in a wonderful way and, and helped me understand again that I can keep trusting him to take care of us. So I'm, I'm curious, Eddie, am I the only one here, anybody else here ever worry? I'd like you to raise your hands in case you, you do. Um, that's okay if you don't raise your hand. Okay, but... So any worries this year? Anybody have anything that worried you this year? Raise your hand again, okay? Anybody? How about this past week? Anybody have something this past week that worried you? How about like right now, you've got something on your mind that's worrying you, okay? Yeah, that, that, you know. Just for fun, okay? Any ideas what your first worries were? Remember your first worry, you know? Um, 
You remember some of the things you worried about over your life? I, I spent a little bit of time, just a little bit of time, this week thinking about some of my worries. I, I remember the time, as a kid, I threw a rock at a cat. And it hit and broke a window instead. That worried me. Because I knew that I had to have a conversation with my dad. I, I, I remember uh, going from, uh, from grade school into seventh grade, being on the bus. Uh, they consolidated kids and schools in Minnesota many years ago, and they had like a half an hour bus ride. And, and on the way, hearing from upperclassmen that seniors, what they did to, to seventh graders was beat your head against the lockers. That, that worried me all the way. Uh, I remember buying our first house out of seminary in Lodi, Wisconsin. We did it in one day. Drove back to Chicago that same day, and by the time we got home, I had convinced myself that we'd gone way beyond anything we could afford. I mean, it was $272 a month, including taxes. You know, the, uh, hard to believe now, but that worried me. Again, dollars were different then. I remember fishing the weekend we I did uh, John and Lindsay L. Seltzer's wedding, uh, Lindsay being Lindsay Marsted, and uh, fishing with Bob Miller, her, her grandfather. And this was not for walleye or northern, okay? This is big fish. We're way out in the water. And I remember hoping that I wouldn't get a fish on my line because I worried that it was going to pull me into the water. Okay? I mean, that dumb, but I did. I did. A lot of funny things that we worried about in life, but then there's a lot of serious stuff. I remember Becky becoming very ill. Our second year in Wisconsin, the fifth year of our marriage, and the report coming back from the doctor that she had rheumatoid arthritis. I mean, she was very sick. It was... It had become hard for her to walk up and down steps. This thing was going fast, and I can tell you that. That worried me a lot, a lot. Especially after all the years of seeing my, my mom suffer from, from that same illness and seeing what that disease could do to destroy a person's body, which, which I would say was my biggest worry as a kid and as a young adult, I mean, that, that, that was a part of my life until I was 25 years old and, and, and my mom died at 58 and, and, and I never had to worry about her suffering anymore. But that worried me. To some extent, mom's suffering was always on my mind. I think we'd all agree that worry is, is a, a very real thing. I mean, it just is. And... There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on our world, in our world right now that, that makes it very easy to worry. Am I right? Am I, and I'm not even going to mention them because then you all start worrying, okay? Um, but I know, I know that some of you right now are, are facing some of the toughest stuff any person can face. It might be your own health or the health of someone you love. It might be your finances right now at home. You've got bills to pay. You don't know how you're going to pay them. It might be a job where things are not going well at all. It might be older parents who, who need a lot of extra care right now, and you're just, you just don't know how you're going to do it. Or it might be a husband or wife doing some really wrong things these days. Or it might be a, a son or daughter who's making foolish and, and bad choices, and whatever it is you're worrying, you're, you're worrying a lot, a lot. 
Now, I want you to know the last thing I'd say to you, and hopefully any one of us would say to you would be, well, just buck up, you know, just buck up and deal with it. No. Because the truth is, we've all been there, all right? And at, at some point, and we, and we understand how very easy it is to worry. I mean, you know, I could be wrong, but, but, but I, I think worry is one of those things that no one really wants to do, right? I mean, I don't think any, of us, any one of us would say that worry is fun. I, I don't think any one of us would say, whoa, I just can't wait until I can worry again, right? I think so. There's nothing positive or inviting about worry. The word alone makes it it's something you want to avoid. I don't know if you knew this, but the English word worry comes from a, an, an old German word that means to choke or to strangle. You know? And that's what worry does. I mean, it, it chokes you, it strangles the life out of you. you know? So, you know, for a moment, right now, turn to the person next to you, okay? And we'll do this quickly. Turn to the person next to you, all right? And, and put your hands on their throat and gently choke them until they turn red, all right? Ah, you were worried. Not funny. All right. I, I want to be honest with you, you know? Sometimes I think it's easy to approach the passage we're looking at today with kind of a cavalier attitude. But we just can't because worry does, does this thing. It, it chokes the life out of you. It, it, it stops you from experiencing all that God can do, God can do in you and God can do through you. For example, we just saw Tasha up on the screen. If, if Tasha let worry direct her life, and, and along with her, Christy, they wouldn't be in Greece right now, okay? And the other thing about worry is that it, it keeps you from enjoying those wonderful key moments in life. You know, where we don't enjoy what we're doing in the moment because we've, we're thinking the what if. And, you know, I thought about this. If, if One of the things that if I could do it over as a parent with my kids, it would be like worrying a lot less in the moment than just the joy in the moment, you know? I'd recommend that. See, that's why God, who is into life, that's why worry is not God's will for anybody. And here what's here's what makes this so motivating to talk through with you today. Jesus does two things for each one of us. First of all, he encourages us, right? He he encourages us by showing us why there's no reason that you and I have to worry. And then he challenges us. He, he challenges us to live out this truth in our daily life, no matter, no matter what it is that you and I face. So that's what we're going to see. And, and this is why I love preaching. Okay? Preaching out of God's word, because it's all true, and it's all good. Okay? Now, I, I say this knowing that there's two possible things that could happen with today's sermon, okay? Two possible things that could happen. It's possible that you could be sitting out there today, and, 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 and you, no matter how many, many times you've read these verses, no matter how well you know these verses, 
they have never made a difference in your level of, of worry. Or it's possible that you've read these verses multiple times, you've heard sermons multiple times on these verses, and every time you have read them, every time you've heard a sermon, you have listened to that, you've read it, and, and you've done it thinking to yourself, well, this is optional. This is one of those things, I can take it or leave it. Okay? And so it's possible you could be sitting there right now and you, you could... You're already kind of positioning yourself and you're saying, yeah, I've heard this before, but I'm, I'm going to pass on it. So I'm praying this morning that you'll do neither one, all right? Because I am convinced that what Jesus said about worry can make all the difference in your ability not to worry. And I'd love the opportunity this morning to help you see why I believe this is true, Okay. And second, you need to understand that what Jesus said about worry in these verses we're going to look at was not optional. It wasn't a take it or leave it kind of a, kind of a deal. Because, you know what? You and I dismiss what Jesus Christ said, and we're going to miss a significant part of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. We're going to miss a whole lot of joy, and, and we're going to be missing what God could do through each one of our lives because worry just can just stop us dead in our tracks. Okay? Okay, let's, let's dig in, all right? First of all, our Lord's encouragement that there's no reason to worry. And, and here it is, you ready? Here's the reason. God's got your back, okay? God's got your back. Or to say it this way, God's got you covered big time, big time. So let, let, let's take a look at this. So uh, Matthew chapter 6, in verse 25, he began this way. He said, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Okay? The Greek word for life here, when he said don't worry about your life, means all of life. Uh, your whole life in total. Your physical life, your emotional life, your spiritual life, every aspect of your life, your, your married life, your family life, your job life, your, you know, your, your, your yesterday life, your today life, your, your future life, even what Jeff talked about last Sunday, your, your financial life, everything. Jesus tells us not to worry about all of this, and, and he tells us why, and, and he does this by pointing to birds and the flowers which made what he said very visual for people to listening to him. There, there were birds and flowers everywhere they looked. So, first of all, the birds. Now, you notice i got a flower up here, flowers up here. I, I tried to do the bird thing, but, you know, I just thought, wouldn't it be fun if we just had birds flying all over in here? But anyway, verse 26, this, this is what he said. He said, look at the birds of the air. I could just see him pointing. All those birds flying around. And he said, uh, uh, they, they, they don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? He, he's making a simple and yet a very profound point. He said, God cares for the birds, but as much as God values every part of his creation, birds included, we're far more valuable to God. In fact, there's just no comparison there. It doesn't even come close. And, and, and since we know this is true, it follows that you and I have that much more of a guarantee that God is going to care for us. 
And, and then the flowers. Verse 28, he said, why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They, they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon and all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Well, I mean, look at what God's capable of creating. Isn't that amazing? I mean, uh, flowers just amaze me all the time. What makes this even more impressive is that God does this for a flower, flowers like this that are here for a few days and then they're, they're, they're gone tomorrow. And, and the point Jesus makes is if God creates something this beautiful that lives for just a short time, how much more will God do for each one of us who, who are going to live forever? Forever. See, here's the deal, everybody. It all comes down to our theology. To what we know and believe about God and, and about ourselves. The, this makes all the difference in our ability to be free from worry. It's, it's knowing that the God who created this universe, including, including birds and, and flowers, but, but also planets and galaxies and, and, and solar systems, it's, it's, it's knowing that this God cares for each one of us every single moment of every single day. Every breath that you and I take is... It's like speaking to us and saying, God's caring for us. It's knowing how valuable we are to God. And, and how valuable are we? We're so valuable that God gave his son to be our savior. It's, it's knowing that God created us forever. And that, and that God uses everything that comes into our lives to help us become more like Jesus Christ. And you'll get more beautiful than that. You know, and to prepare us. For eternity. Now, it's knowing all of this and reminding ourselves of it every time we're, we're, we're inclined to worry about whatever it is that could worry us, no matter how little it is or how big it is. And isn't it funny sometimes how the little ones, little things can get us so easily? Now, here's what what I think really makes this good, it's like it makes it land, okay? You know what? Sometimes, sometimes it's easy to think that God doesn't know what's worrying us. So Jesus said this, verse 31. He said, so don't worry, saying, what, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. <laughs> He's saying, you wonder if God knows? Let me tell you, God knows. God really knows. In fact, he said, the truth is, God knows better than you do about what you need. Remember this truth, everybody, and it will make all the difference. You know, and helping us with anything that, 
that we might have to worry about. Last Sunday, last Sunday Jeff quoted from, from Jesus where, what he said in the 8th chapter of John's Gospel, this statement about truth, okay? He said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you, what? Free. Yeah. Hey, this is the truth that sets us free from worry. The God who created this universe cares for each one of us. That he loves us so much that he sent his son to this earth to be our savior. That, that, that everything that comes into our life, he can, he can use it for a great purpose. He can use it to help us become more like Jesus Christ and to prepare us to live forever. And this God knows what you and I need far better than we know. And he has known it forever. Forever. You know, he knows right now what we're going to need tomorrow. No. Isn't that encouraging? I mean, is that, is that not encouraging? Oh, you tell me right now. I'm not, you know, say yes. yes. I mean, absolutely it is. My goodness. I mean, it's like, it's better than any touchdown any team could ever make. It's like something that should make us just stand up and go, like, way, go, way to go, God, you know, right? Absolutely. But it also challenges us to live out this truth in our daily lives. Jesus challenges us. And, and, and honestly, everybody, honestly, I'm as thankful for the challenge as I am for the encouragement because it's good for me to hear. Here's the challenge. Allow God to be God. Allow God to be God, or, or to say that another way, another way, focus on what matters most to God. Focus on what matters most to God. Jesus made one statement about this in today's passage. It's found in verse 33. But you know what? To get the full impact of what he said, we've got to go back again to verse 31 and 32 and connect it together with verse 33. And I love this. Look at, look at what he said, verse 31, again. Because there's a contrast here. He said, don't worry, he's saying, what should we eat or what should we drink or what should we wear? For the pagans, notice this, the pagans run after all of these things. They run after all these things. Then your heavenly father knows that you need them. And then he said, instead of running after things, he said, verse 33, seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Don't miss this. Right? Don't miss this. This is the most important part of everything today. This is, this is a huge challenge that Jesus Christ is giving us. He's saying, and, and I, wanna, I think we're putting this up on the screen, and it, it's actually my own words, but I'm, I want to read my own words, okay? Because it's so important. You don't want to miss this. Instead of worried running after things, seek God's kingdom and God's righteousness with all your heart. Pursue what matters most to God. Do this. And you know what it says? He said, God will take care of everything else. Here's what's so powerful and life-changing about this, everybody. And really what makes all the difference when it comes to this matter of worry. Two things, okay? 
And boy, don't miss these, okay? First of all, it deals with who it is we're going to allow to control our world. Are we going to allow God to control our world? Are we going to control our world? I mean, really, this is the key to overcoming worry. Giving up our need to control and trusting God to do what God will do. I, we, I think we, I know we did. We saw an example of this in Friday's Nebraska game. Yeah, we did. How someone lived this out in their own world. I bet you, you, some of you might guess his name. His name is Rex Burkhead. One of Nebraska's running back, but more important than that, a follower of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you knew that or not. Great game, but you know what? The best part, in my opinion, came after when the game was over and Burkhead was interviewed. Did anybody, anybody hear that? Oh, I just thought it was great. Here's this guy who missed the majority of his senior season because of an injury. This after he had, it had been projected that it was going to be a huge season for him. Certainly something you would say would, could cause somebody to worry, right? And he enters yesterday's game in the second half with the Big Ten championship on the line. And he makes one play after another to help Nebraska win the game. And he scores the touchdown that puts Nebraska at here ahead. But here's the part I love. Okay, He's interviewed after the game is over. And he's asked by the TV commentator if the season had been disappointing to him since he had missed so many games, really, and not accomplishing any of his personal goals for the season. And I love this. He said without any hesitation, none at all. He didn't even have, he didn't even have to think about it. You know what he said? He said, I'm not disappointed one bit because it's all about the team. You know what I think? I am convinced that that was genuine, what he was saying. He wasn't just saying something to sound good. And he could say what he said because he had given up his need to control. And he trusted God to do what God will do in his life. You know what's really fun? He's going to get the rest of it because you know what game he's going to play in? Ah, the Wisconsin game. And he's probably one of the freshest guys on the team right now. And then we're going to go on to the Rose Bowl, all right? So just my prophetic. Okay, now, now, you know what? Years ago, Martin Luther talking with his friend, Philip Melanchthon, who was evidently somebody who was full of worry and anxiety. This is what Martin Luther said to his friend. I love it. He said... Let Philip cease to rule the world. I think that's good advice for all of us, isn't it? Something good to say to yourself every time you begin worrying about what it is that you, you want to control. You see, I think we could put our own name into that, couldn't I know I can. Let Steve cease to rule this world. Worry comes when we try to rule the world, when we try to control it our way. And you know what the problem with this is, everybody? We're just terribly underqualified. Now, to do that, only God can do it.
That's the first thing, okay? The second thing that's good about what Jesus said is this truth that it, it points to, and it's this. If all of your life is about your material needs, things that are here and gone tomorrow, you know what? That's only going to cause you worry. And, but if you see th something that's unfailing and unending and 100% reliable, God's kingdom and God's righteousness, you know what? It strikes at the heart of anxiety and worry because God's kingdom and God's righteousness will never end. You see, the truth is, if your heart is set on what's temporary and shakable, then you're going to be shakable the rest of your life. But if your heart is set on what's eternal and unshakable, then you're going to be somebody who is unshakable. Somebody like that was a man by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And if you haven't read the latest biography on his life, do not let the next year pass without reading it. Okay? Do not let 2013 pass. Bonhoeffer was one of the most brilliant thinkers of the 20th century. He sacrificed everything to identify to stand with Christ against the Nazis. And you know what? He did it with a poise and a confidence that was utterly remarkable. Not because, not because he was convinced everything was going to turn out the way he might like it to turn out, turn out okay, because they didn't. He was hounded and persecuted and imprisoned and eventually killed. But you know what? He endured all of this with poise and confidence because, you know why? Because he was gripped by the truth of who Jesus Christ is, the eternal Son of God. And he knew that Jesus Christ demanded his entire obedience, but he also knew, he also knew that it was Jesus Christ who gave his life purpose and security that death itself could not mess with. Yeah. And so the question, the question I have to ask myself after reading that book and connecting it with today's scripture, verse 33, and everything Jesus said, I got to ask myself, as a church, are we producing a bunch of Dietrich Bonhoeffers? Are we, are you, am I, are we becoming that kind of a person? I mean, that's it. That's the challenge Jesus gave us. When he said, seek first God's kingdom, and God's righteousness. So, here's what I'd like to do to begin applying this to our lives to make it practical. There's three statements that I'd like us to say together, all right? Uh, three statements that if we do them, not just say them, but if we do them, I can guarantee you we'll stop the stranglehold of worry on our lives, and more important than that, it will guide us so we're allowing God to be God. And, and I have two boxes to help me do this, all right? If this box says God on it, and I have this box that says me on it. All right? Okay. Um, here's the first statement. We'll put it up. Now read it. 
Okay? Let's read it together. I will do what God asks me to do. God. I will do what God asks me to do. Let's say it again. I will do what God asks me to do. And I, I would just suggest, write, write this down. Okay? Sincerely. Okay. Now, you see, it's not like God does everything. We're responsible to do, me, we're responsible to do what we can do about the things that you and I face in life, all right? Now, there are two things that God asks us to do, two big things. The first one is this, to think on the right things. Or to put it this way, to think wisely. This is so important, everybody, because very often worry starts with the way we think. Isn't that true? Paul made this statement in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. He said, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So whenever your mind starts to wander down that what-if trail, you know, what if this happens? I'm so worried about this. You recognize that that's not a God thought. It's a thought based on fear. It doesn't come from God. And you take it and you make it captive and obedient to Christ. Instead of thinking worst case scenario, you think about what Scripture tells you. You train your mind to think God's truth and God's promises. For example, this promise from Romans chapter 8. We know that in all things, God works for the good. All things, hard things, rough things, terrible things. God works for the good that we might become like Christ of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Or what Paul wrote in Philippians 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The second thing God asks us to do is this, to do what's wise. You see, we're responsible for what we do. We've got to do what's wise. We can't go on repeating the same dumb mistakes. We've got to be smart about the decisions and choices we make. And, and here again, everybody, knowing God's word ma makes all the difference. If you do not know God's word, man, it's like, I don't know how you're going to do it. Again, so important. You know why? Because we can create our own messes by repeating the same wrong and foolish choices. We can create our own worries. By doing, the, you know, doing things our way instead of God's way, all right? So let's, let's say that first statement again together, okay? I will do what God asks me to do. Here's the second statement. I will give God what I cannot do. Let's say that together, okay? I will give God what I cannot do. See, this is recognizing that there are certain things that happen in life that are beyond our ability to change. Have anybody noticed that? Hey, eh? This is where we do what Paul uh, said to do in the fourth chapter of Philippians. He said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. It's like, you know, me, me doing this, saying, here, here it is, God, I give it to you, God, you know? I give it to you. I take it from me, and I give it to God. Now, you know what can happen when we do that? I bet it's happened to you. You have this conversation with God. You pray, and you say, God, God, I, 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 I give this to you. I trust you with it. And then you wait, 
and you wait and you wait and, and then you have another conversation with God. You say, you say something like this, boy, God, it's taking a long time. Anybody ever do that? God, I'm getting a little concerned here. And so you know what you do? You say, God, I think I'll take it back. Anybody ever done that? Yeah. That's where worry is born. We don't really trust God with it. And why not? Why not? You see, the problem is, in our minds, at that kind of a point, we're too big and God's too small. It's like we do this with ourselves. We, we get real big, and God gets real small. See, we, it never works that way, so we've got to keep it this way. Okay, got to keep it that way. Keep ourselves small and God big. I shouldn't even put me up here, really, you know. Let's say the second statement again, okay? I will give God what I cannot do. Brings us to the third statement. And it's this. Let's say it together. No matter what happens, I will trust God. Okay, let's say it again. No matter what happens, I will trust God. I will trust God if God does what I want him to do. I will trust God if God does something else. Okay? You know, you know what that's kind of like? That's kind of like um, completely putting ourselves in God. God's hand. Okay? I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths, what? Straight. So let, let, let's say this together one more time, okay, everybody? These three statements. Let's say them together real loud, okay? I will do what God asked me to do. I will give God what I cannot do. And no matter what happens, I will trust God. Live out those three statements, and I'll tell you, it'll make all the difference. All the difference in your ability to allow God to be God of your life, and all the, ability, all the difference in your ability to experience a worry-free life. All the difference. So much so, you know what? If you have a struggle with worry, those three statements are worth repeating every single day. Maybe first thing when you get up in the morning, if you need to do that. That's why I say write them down. And if you didn't write them down this morning, you can go online and listen to the sermon. I think it'd be worth your time because you want to know those statements. And I say this with total confidence because I know it's true. I'm finding it to be true in my life all over again. Friends, there's no better way to live than this. Nothing even comes close. It's the right way to live. It's the best way to live. And with it, you know what? There's this incredible sense of peace and rest and joy. There is freedom from worship. Now, you might have noticed, okay? There's some cards. No cards and two in each bulletin. Um, what I'd like to ask you to think about doing is as Rob, Rob's going to come up and lead us in a closing song. And as Rob does that, I'm going to put this God box right here. And what I'd like you to do is write out your worry, your biggest worry right now. And as we're singing, as we're singing that song, if you'd like to, come up and put it in that box. All right? And it's just going to be between you and God. 
Okay? But it's like you're saying, God, I want to give you my worry. And, and if you're not comfortable coming up and doing it, then just keep it, okay? And, and look at it if you need to. And, or just write it down. All right? But I think it'd be fun if you came up, put it. So, hey, you're here. Okay. I was worried. <laughs> All right. You got your back. You got my back. Yeah, it's good.